When I was young, I feared that a real job with a desk and an entry-level salary and maybe even a 401k was going to trap me for life in that position, and it was my biggest fear to take that kind of a job. I had had a lot of uh, what I would call mick jobs. I had been a barista, a stock person at a clothing store. I had done surveys. I worked as the soda jerk at the World of Coca-Cola. I had been Arthur the Aardvark. I wore a costume at Neiman Marcus in the children's department. I couldn't seem to find anything that I liked, so I picked up a copy of the paper, and sure enough, in the classifieds, there was an ad. Phone actors wanted, work from home, make your own hours. An ad for a telephone psychic. Real psychics are waiting with the answers to your questions. The trainer said that some of the contractors made thousands of dollars and that they worked constantly. I said, what if I'm not a psychic? I'm not really sure that I'm psychic. And he stressed that we really didn't need to be psychic to do the job. So I went ahead and I, at his recommendation, I bought a deck of tarot cards along with an instruction booklet. I worked from home. I was often in my pajamas because it was very late at night, and I would call into the system probably about midnight, and I'd stay logged in uh, till about 4 o'clock in the morning. People would call. Their first three minutes were free. After three minutes, there would be a faint beep. That's when the cost of the call would kick in, which was, you know, $5 a minute. It was very expensive. They absolutely encouraged us to keep people on the phone as long as possible. They wanted the average call really had to be about 10 minutes. And the problem was, is after a while, if you couldn't make your average phone call 10 minutes, they would eventually drop you from the system. So you had that threat looming over your head. It made me nervous because I didn't want to fail, but I wanted to make sure that I could keep callers on the phone. I created what I call a nom de telephone. I created the name Anita. My first call was actually a good experience. Her name was Ethel, and she was older, and I only stayed on the phone with her for about seven minutes. She was really asking about would her grandkids be okay, and I said, is there anything wrong? And she said, well, aren't you supposed to know that? I shuffled my cards. I read the answer. This first card is a really good, positive feeling that's going on right now. It was a really nice conversation. Some callers were very sad, and they just wanted a friendly voice to talk to. They were lonely, and they needed to feel like someone was on their side. I had been working as a telephone psychic for about four months, and then I got a call that really changed everything. This caller who phoned in was an 18-year-old young man from Alaska. His name was John. I started this phone call with my regular spiel. Hello, my name is Anita. Have you had a reading before? And this young man said, hi. No, I haven't had a reading before. I'm really anxious to talk to you. He launched into a very long explanation of his circumstance. His parents were both dead. He really didn't have anyone. He hated how cold it was in Alaska. He hated how dark it was all winter. He said, my question for you today is, 
I don't know what to do with my life. I think I want to join the military. I felt extremely nauseous because he and I had a lot in common. I was also lost, just like he was. So what do the cards say, Anita? I hadn't even touched the deck of cards in front of me, and I responded, honestly, I don't know. I got off the phone, and that was my last call. And it occurred to me in that moment that if I couldn't make great decisions about my own life, I certainly shouldn't be making them about someone else's. Thank you, Aaron. That story, like so much of this episode, was produced by Snap Judgment's own Anna Sussman, along with Pat Masidi-Miller. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.